Well, hello, Hope City Church. It's good to see you today. And I want to say hey to everybody in our family service uh, next door and everybody who's watching online, obviously everybody who's here in the auditorium uh, with me. But uh, just glad that we get to be together and glad that technology allows us to all be together. Uh, I guess... Well, I guess you could say three places, but we're in a lot more than three places. We're, uh, you know, in living rooms and pontoon boats and uh, cars and all sorts of goodness. Uh, but wherever you are, um, you're family and we love you and you're Hope City. And we can't wait to see you again, however that is, whether it's through growth groups or uh, a coffee or a breakfast or a lunch or uh, at church together in person. However that is, we can't wait to see you. And we are in part four of a series called Jonah, the Stubborn Prophet. This is what we've been doing really since we've uh, been back together. We've been taking time to read through this really short uh, story, 48 verses is all it is, uh, four chapter book uh, of Jonah. And what we're learning through this, this, this study in this series is that it's much more than a childhood bedtime cute little story about a man who, you know, got swallowed by a fish. It's much more than that. It's got teeth. It's got a bite. Uh, it's a story about a man who loved his country more than his God and a story about a man who really struggled with hate towards other nationalities and races. And a story about a man who needed God's grace constantly, but refused to give grace to others. And, and really a story about a man who fought God, who fights God every step of the way. And that's why we wanted to take so much time to talk about it because there's a lot for us to learn. You're Jonah, I'm Jonah. We fight God every step of the way so often because we're stubborn just like Jonah was stubborn. So that's what we're learning. And as part of this series, we've, we've told you each week, we want to tell you again, as part of this series, uh, there is a seven day reading plan study that we have partnered with Version, the Bible app, no matter what kind of device you have. Uh, if you use the Bible app, you can uh, search Jonah seven day or Jonah daily faith, but really the easiest way to get everything, the reading plan and the podcast is just to text the word Jonah to five, five, four, 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 just text the word Jonah to five, five, four, four, four. And that'll get you all the information that you need. You're not signing up for anything or giving your information, anything. It'll just send you the, the links that you need. So just text Jonah to five, five, four, 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 and you'll get all of that. Okay. So let's recap what's happened so far far before we read uh, our reading for today. We know that Jonah heard a message from God. Uh, he, he knows it. We know it. He heard a message from God. And the message was for Jonah to go to Nineveh and to tell the people to repent. But Jonah didn't want to do that because uh, Nineveh was the Assyrian empire. It was his enemy. Uh, they were cruel and evil and did despicable things. And so he didn't want to go. It wasn't so much that he was scared to go. It was that he didn't want to go. And we know, and we'll look at this next week, that, that he knew God was going to be gracious. And he did not want grace for these people. So he didn't want to go. And so instead what he did is he went and he ran from God. He bought a ticket for a boat that was headed to Tarshish. Now Tarshish was the exact opposite way of Nineveh. Uh, Nineveh was to the east and Tarshish was to the west. And Tarshish was at the time, the end of the known world. They, had, they hadn't been beyond Tarshish, okay? So, so Jonah was willing to go to the end of the world to try to run from God, to get away from God. And we, we talked about how we have felt that way before. Like, God, if you'll just leave me alone, just let me do my thing. And, and we go as far as we can to try to get away from God, but you cannot outrun God. 
You can't outrun God. And so last week we looked how, uh, at how Jonah's disobedience took him right into a storm, which is what always happens because sin causes storms. Sin causes storms. And so eventually, as the storm was getting worse and as the sailors are talking to Jonah and figuring out what's going on, eventually they throw Jonah overboard. And that is where we pick up the story. And so the very last verse, the very last verse of Jonah chapter one, it says, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So this is the famous part of the story. This is what even people who don't go to church, read the Bible or believe in God know about the story that now this fish has come. God has arranged this fish. It's swallowed Jonah and he is now in this fish uh, for three days and three nights. And this is the part of the story where maybe we push back some people and say that can't happen. That can't be real. We talked about this the first week that, you know, we, as Christians, we believe a lot of things crazier than a man could be in a fish for three days. We believe that a man was in a, a tomb for three days and rose from the dead. And so however this happened and, and, and whatever God was up to, Jonah was in this fish for three days and three nights. And then let's read chapter two together because that's what we're gonna talk about today. Today, we're gonna talk about Jonah's prayer in chapter two. So it's just nine verses. We're gonna read this together and then I wanna pray for us and we'll get into the message. Jonah chapter two, verse one to verse nine, it says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from inside the fish. Then, everybody say then. When did Jonah pray to God? Then, when he was inside the fish. And he said, this is his prayer. This is what we're gonna be focusing on today. This is the prayer that Jonah prayed. Jonah prayed to God and he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. Verse five, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked, uh, locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Let's pray. God, Thank you for your word. Thank you that you're speaking to us right now through your word and through the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you would help us not just to, we don't wanna just hear what you're saying, God, but we wanna, we wanna live what you're saying to us. Let us learn something about talking to you. Let us learn something today about prayer, God, from Jonah. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. All right, now I love, I love chapter two of Jonah's story. I love it because it's a place that we have all found ourselves in at one time or the other. Maybe you find yourself in that place right now, but at some point we have all uh, found ourselves in this place. And the place I'm talking about is talking to God at the bottom 
talking to God at the bottom. You've been there. I've been there where we have had a conversation with God at the bottom. And we struggle with this idea that God would want to hear from us at the bottom. Whatever the bottom is, we, we think God would not want to hear from us at the bottom, but he, he does. And really everything that we're going to talk about today from Jonah chapter 2 is really a fight. It's a war against religion. Because everything that we're going to look at and everything that we're going to read is really going to fight against the lie that religion tells us. And the lie that religion tells us is that God wants us to be good before he wants to have a relationship with us. That God wants us to have it together before we talk to him. That God wants us to solve our problems so we don't have to bother him with our problems. This is what religion would tell us. Maybe this is what someone who is religious has told you, but it's not true. And Jonah chapter two, Jonah's prayer is going to combat all of those lies. Religion wants us to believe that God doesn't hear prayers from the back of cop cars. That God doesn't hear prayers from hospital waiting rooms that we put ourselves in. Or God doesn't hear prayers from courtrooms or rehab or wherever else it is that maybe we found ourselves at the bottom. Religion tells us that somehow prayer counts less if we're in trouble or we got ourselves into a mess, but that's another lie of religion. And Jonah's prayer from the belly of the fish is a great reminder that there is never a bad time to pray. There's never a bad time to pray. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you three things. I'm going to, I'm going to give you three things that we can learn from Jonah's prayer. We're gonna take them right out of the nine verses that we just read together, but three things that we can learn from Jonah's prayer. Matter of fact, I'm gonna go ahead and give them to you. All right, I'm gonna give them to you up front and, uh, and tell you what they are. Here's what we learn from Jonah's prayer. Number one, we learn that God hears us when we're guilty. God hears us when we're guilty. Second, we learn that God helps us when we're desperate. And third, we learn that God humbles us when we're running. Let me give them to you again, that God hears us when we're guilty, God helps us when we're desperate, and God humbles us when we're running. And we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you about each of these three, and, and I'm really gonna kind of rush through the first two a little bit. I mean, not rush, you know how preachers are, maybe we won't, but we're gonna try to, to get through these first two, because I wanna get to the third one, and we're gonna spend a little bit of time, if you have a Bible with you, or you're using your phone, you wanna go ahead and mark, we're gonna spend some time in Psalm 107, we'll end up there. But I'm going to try to get through these first two in in, uh, non-preacher time so we can get to to the third one. All right, so let's look at each of these. Three things we learned from Jonah's prayer. The first thing that we said that we learned is that God hears you when you're guilty. God hears you when you're guilty. I never noticed this. I've read the story of Jonah for, I don't know, I've read it, let's be conservative. 40 times, 50 times. I've read the story of Jonah. I've written Bible studies on the story of Jonah. I've preached sermon series on the story of Jonah. And until this week, I never noticed a theme, a common word or trend in the first two chapters of the story. And I'm gonna show it to you. But I I never noticed how often that the first two chapters of the story of Jonah tells us that Jonah was going down. 
Look at this. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3, it says that Jonah went down to the port of Joppa. Jonah chapter 1 verse 5 said that Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. And Jonah chapter 2 verse 3 says that Jonah says that he sank down into the heart of the sea. Everybody say down. Jonah was going down. He was going down. Everything in his life was headed down. This is what was happening. Whether he knew it or not, he was headed down. And here's what happens to us. This, the same thing happens to us, probably that happened to Jonah, is that in hindsight, we can see all the ways that our life is heading down. But in the moment, we don't see it. We don't see it. But there's no doubt Jonah was heading down. And one of the things that's really important to see here in these first four verses is that Jonah was not praying to get out of the fish. Jonah wasn't praying and complaining to God about the fish. The trouble that Jonah's talking about was not the fish, right? Because Jonah, uh, the, 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 the sinking, all right, the sinking was the trouble. The, the fish was God's grace. And I want to show you this. Look at, look at the first four verses again. It says, it says uh, then Jonah prayed to the Lord from inside the fish. And he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. The fish is not the trouble. The fish is the grace. The trouble is the sinking. He says, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, look at it right here. You heard me. Religion says this isn't possible. God doesn't hear people who pray from the land of the dead. God doesn't hear people who got themselves into a mess. God doesn't hear people who are just looking for a bailout. Maybe, maybe you've heard sermons, maybe well-meaning preachers talked about how prayer shouldn't just be a wish list. Prayer just shouldn't be a bailout. And there's a lot of truth to that. Prayer should be way more than that, but that doesn't mean prayer doesn't get to be that sometimes. And so Jonah is praying from the land of the dead He cries out to the Lord in his great trouble, the sinking in the water. And these words that Jonah is saying is is letting us know that Jonah knew he was guilty. He was guilty. He wasn't saying, God, it was unfair that I was sinking. He wasn't saying, God, it was unfair that I went through a storm. He was saying, no, I know exactly why I'm here. I know exactly how I got here. And I cried out to you and you heard me. And this is the foundation of the Christian faith. You have to believe that you're guilty. You cannot have a relationship with Jesus. You cannot have faith in Christ or have salvation if you don't believe that you're guilty. Before you can accept a savior, you have to believe that you are drowning, that you are going down. You're going down. Your soul in some way has to feel like you are drowning without Jesus. You can't come to Jesus and not feel like you need him and accept him. At some point in your life, your soul has to feel like that you are in the land of the dead. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, you have to believe that you're, you're guilty. And religion would tell you 
that, that you can't pray when you're guilty, which we know is a lie because if you can't pray when you're guilty, we could never pray because we are guilty. Right. Now, I wasn't gonna do this. I told you I was gonna rush, but let me just read this to you real quick. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 is, it's not gonna be on the screen because I didn't tell him I was gonna read it, but Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells this parable. We, we use this a lot because it's such a powerful parable. I read this, but in, in Luke chapter 18, verse nine, Jesus is talking to these religious leaders, these tax collectors, and this is what he says, fictional story, but he didn't his point across. He says, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. He's talking about people who don't believe they're drowning who don't ever feel like they visited the land of the dead, who, who don't believe that they're guilty. And he says, two men went to the temple to pray and one was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. And the Pharisee, the guy who didn't believe he was guilty, stood by himself and prayed this prayer. This is how the man who doesn't believe he's drowning prayed. He says, I thank you God that I'm not like the other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I wonder if he prayed that loud enough for dude to hear. You're like, that's pretty crazy, right? That guy, God, you hear him right there. I fast twice a week and I give you a 10th of my income. I, this guy doesn't really need Jesus in his mind. Verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I'm drowning. I'm in the land of the dead. I tell you, Jesus said, this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. These are Jesus's words. And so you're never going to be able to truly pray. You're never gonna be able to really have a, a meaningful conversation, relationship, prayer life with God if you don't believe you need Jesus. You don't believe you're guilty, you're drowning, you're going down, that you have visited or lived in the land of the dead. Hear me, God doesn't need you to fix yourself before you talk to him. He hears you right where you are. He hears you, but he doesn't just hear you. It's the second thing we learn from Jonah's prayer. It's not that God just hears us when we're guilty, but we also learn that God helps you when you're desperate. God helps you when you're desperate. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer said that in every generation, the people who have found God have been those who have come to the end of themselves, recognizing their hopelessness. They have been ready to throw themselves on the mercy and grace of a forgiving God. Isn't that great? Those who have come to the end of themselves. Hopelessness is a requirement for salvation. Did you know that? Because all you bring to your salvation is sin. There's no pride involved. There's nothing redeeming about you or redeeming about me. It's hopelessness that draws us into Jesus Christ. And so religion tells you to hide your desperation from God, clean up, Get ready, you know, but, but hide your desperation. But, but, that's, but, but God doesn't want that. It's the opposite with Jesus. He already knows how desperate you are. He just wants you to tell him. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. Come to me. I already know where you're at and I want you to come to me. And look at what Jonah said in verses five and six. Jonah says, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. 
Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. You snatched me from the jaws of death. It would be enough. We don't deserve the grace of God. It would be enough if he just heard us when we were guilty, but he doesn't just hear us. He doesn't stop there. And not only does he hear us when we're guilty, but he helps us when we're desperate. Have you ever had God help you when you're desperate? Have you ever prayed one of those bailout, oh my gosh, if you will, God, I promise I'll never again fill in the blank. You ever prayed one of those? And it happened. It's not because you put the right words in the right combination. It's not because you pulled the jackpot, you know, the, the, the slot machine prayer lever and got the sevens across the board and got lucky. It's because God is better to us than we deserve for him to be. And we are worse than we think we are. And somehow in the grace of God, he helps us when we're desperate. And so maybe today you're drowning in debt. Maybe today you're drowning in sorrow or fear or anxiety. Maybe you're sinking further into an addiction. Maybe like Jonah said, maybe you feel like whatever it is that you're in is wrapping itself around you and you can't breathe and you, you've lost your joy. God wants to help you. God wants to help you. He doesn't just hear you, he helps you. I told you I'd get through those two quickly. I wanna show you this third one and we're gonna spend the rest of our time here. But not only does God help us and not only does God hear us, but the third thing we learn from Jonah's prayer is that God humbles you when you're running. God humbles you when you're running. This is a theme throughout the story of Jonah. We talked about it last week about how God tears apart the boats that are taking us away from him. And we'll see this a little bit again in chapter four next week, but this is a theme throughout the story of Jonah that whatever it is that we are running to besides God, God has a way in his grace and his love to have those things deteriorate on us or fall apart on us or the relationship that all of our hope is in, that somehow that breaks our heart or the money that all of our hope is in somehow gets taken from us or the career that all of our dreams are in somehow is lost. He has a way of humbling us, but not to be cruel, not to be mean. It's because of his love it's because of his grace that he does this. Look at what Jonah said, chapter, uh, chapter two, verses seven through nine. Jonah says, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you. Th these words are so true for every single one of us in this room. If you have met Jesus, here's what you know is that it, it, it's almost impossible to really Remember the Lord and pray an earnest prayer until you feel like your life is slipping away. Un unfortunately, prosperity does not create earnest prayers. 
Unfortunately, everything going right in our life doesn't cause us to remember God. It actually usually causes us to forget God. See it all the time as a pastor. I do it myself as a Christian. Man, people show up at the bottom, desperate, guilty, seaweed wrapped all around them, walking through the doors of the church, needing Jesus. They remembered the Lord, earnest prayers going out to God, pre-COVID coming up for prayer time in the altars, needing Jesus, all about Jesus. God hears them, God helps them. And little by little, God begins to help you and me put the pieces of our life back together. And then the darndest thing happens. We forget about God. I'm not talking about other people who do that. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. That as God and his grace allows us to put our life back together. We, we, we pray for a decade. God, I just want a husband. I just, I just want a husband. God, will I ever get married? Am I ever going to get married again? And then God answers our prayer and we meet the guy and then we're nowhere to be found because now our hope is in this relationship. I lost my job. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. We don't have any plans. We don't have, we don't know what we're going to do. God answers our prayer. We, we get the job. We get the money, we're nowhere to be found. Not because we're bad and other people are good, but because sin is in our hearts. We're, we're prone to wonder. And so we forget God. And so these words that Jonah says in verse seven is really the medication. It's really the formula. It's why God in his love and in his grace figures out ways for the things that our hope is in besides him to crumble on us. And Jonah says that it was as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. Now I remember that it was when my hope and my trust was in Jesus that my soul was where it was supposed to be. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. In verse 80, he says, those who worship false gods turn their back. This is what we're talking about. They're, they're, we're, we're, we're seeking other things and we turn our back on God's mercies. But something about sinking, something about drowning, the humility of failure causes us to remember and return to God and offer our sacrifices. Now, I wanna show you one other example of this. In Psalm 107, Psalm 107 is, uh, is an amazing psalm and it's, it's 43 verses. We don't have time to read all of it today, but, but it's an amazing psalm that starts out the way that so many psalms start out. It starts out with, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. There's a, I don't know how many of the psalms you've read, but but this is how a lot of the Psalms start out. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Now, if I were to say to you, if I tell you that this is how Psalm 107 starts out, that give thanks to God for he is good. And then I asked you, what do you think the rest of the Psalm is about? You would probably, I would probably assume that it's a Psalm about all of the gifts and the blessings of God because we're giving thanks, he's good. And you'd be right. It is a Psalm about the gifts and the blessings of God. But as you begin to read these 43 verses, here's what you find out is that the gifts and the blessings of God don't really look like what we think gifts 
and blessings are. Let me show you. So he says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then he gives four examples and I'm gonna show them to you, but I would encourage you to go home this week or go home today and read Psalm 107. He says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then he gives four examples of ways that we as people turn our back on God. He says in verse four that some wandered in the wilderness he says in, uh, in verse 10, no, let's see. He says uh, in verse uh, 10, some sat in darkness and gloom, excuse me. He says in verse 17, some were fools and they rebelled. He says in verse 23, some went off to sea in ships. And so he's describing all of these ways. Some people wander off, like they just kind of pursue something else. Some, some sit in the dark. These are people that, Get, get into darkness and, and get chained up and get addicted to things or get bound by things. And he says, some acted like fools. These are people that just are seeking pleasure and are throwing their life away. And then he says, and maybe you don't find yourself in those three, but then he says, the fourth kind of person who runs from God is those who, who went off to sea in ships. These are those who are trying to conquer the world. These are those who are trying to build an empire and be successful and and so David, who wrote this, he said, God is so good. His love endures forever. And let me show you how, David says. Some people wander off. Some people get stuck in darkness. Some people are just foolish. Some people try to conquer the world. But then he, he describes what happens to every person who does this. You and me, this is our story. He says, some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. And when they were lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, verse six says, they cried, Lord, help in their trouble. Some sat in darkness, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the most high. And that's why he broke them with hard labor and they fell and no one was there to help them. And in verse 13, he says, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble. Some were fools, they rebelled and suffered from their sins and they couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door in verse 19. Lord, help. They cried in their trouble. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world and they too observed the Lord's power and action, his impressive works on the deepest sea. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed and plunged again. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered. Verse 28, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble. And so Psalm 107 talking about the goodness and the love of God gives all the ways that you and I get lost and get separated from God and how those ways always end up not working. And the last verse of Psalm 107, verse 43 says, those who are wise will take this to heart. He's about to tell us if we want to be wise, what we should take to heart. They will see in our history, the faithful love of God. This is Jonah's story. This is your story. This is my story is that when we were lost and we were running and maybe we were lost in darkness and maybe we were lost just because we were foolish and maybe we were lost because we thought conquering something was the way to go. 
don't know why we got lost. I don't know how we got lost. But when we got lost, failure, sinking, trouble was what caused us to remember the Lord and to cry out, Lord, help. And religion says he would never help you. You did this to yourself, but a relationship and the grace of God says, he's just waiting on you to ask. He's just waiting on you to ask. And so here's my question for you. Is there something you need to talk to God about, but you assumed he didn't wanna hear about it? Is there something you need to talk to God about today, but you thought you couldn't pray about it? You weren't allowed to pray about it? Is there some kind of trouble you've gotten yourself in and you need God to help you, but you thought he couldn't or he wouldn't or he shouldn't help you? Just talk to him, just cry out to him. You can talk to God about anything, anytime, anywhere, because there is never a bad time to pray. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the grace that loved me so much that you sent your son to make a way to know you and to have a relationship with you. When I was sinking, when I was drowning, when when life was wrapped around me, when I was hungry and broken and sitting in darkness, living in the land of the dead, getting myself in trouble, guilty as can be, you knew I would need a savior and you sent your son, Jesus. So thank you for Jesus, God. And thank you, God, that for whatever reason that is incomprehensible to me, that you desire to have a relationship and a conversation and you wanna talk to me and you want me to talk to you. And so God, I pray that you would help me to, to fight against and to push aside the religion that would tell me that I can't talk to you or that I shouldn't talk to you or that I'm not good enough to talk to you, that I've gotta get it together before I talk to you. And God, will you help me? to just be honest with you about where I'm at, what I'm facing, what I'm feeling, because you love me. And you're better to me than I deserve. And so God, will you help us to remember to pray? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Would you all stand to your feet with us? You're standing. That's awesome. We're going to go into another time of worship. And during this next song, we have a number on the screen behind me. And we would love for you to text in any prayer requests that you may have during this next song. And we also want to teach you this new song that we're about to sing. It's a reminder of God's faithfulness. And it goes like this. It says, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Will you sing that with me? You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing that one more time. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who situation. God, and we can trust that your plans are better for us. Please. 
Amen, amen. That is who you are. Man, I love worshiping with you. I love listening to Pastor Jason's message, and I love hearing the Holy Spirit speak to my heart in a time like this. And at this point in our service, if you've been with us this long and maybe you have felt the Holy Spirit today, I'd like to give you an opportunity to maybe commit yourself to Jesus for the very first time, which I think is the best decision you can ever make in your life, ever. So right now, it's it's a pretty simple thing, pretty simple step that we would ask of you. It's a prayer that we'd like to pray together. So if you're at a watch party right now, everyone can pray this together. And yes, it seems simple, but it means so, so much if you're praying it for the first time and really believing and really meaning in your heart that you're ready to follow Jesus. So maybe you've been watching for a while, for a few weeks, and you've been thinking about it. And maybe today is your day. Maybe right now is your time to say, I want to know more about him. And I want to start a journey with him and learn more about this whole Christianity thing and learn more about Jesus. So today is my day. If you could close your eyes and bow your heads and just say this simple prayer right after me. Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Please save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I give you my life. I give you control. The next time I fall, help me to get up and to run to you 
not away from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, somebody celebrate. Give me some praise hands in the chat right now. Go ahead and give them a hand clap right now for those who have prayed that prayer for the very first time. I love it. I love it. In just a few minutes, we're going to have another time of worship where you are going to get to open up your heart again to Jesus and just talk with him exactly like Pastor Jason said, because he is ready to listen to you about anything that you have going on right now. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you've got some questions. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you have fear right now in your life. God wants to hear that. And we want to pray about it too. We want to hear about it. So if you can, at this time, during this next time of worship, or even right now, text in your prayer requests to us because we want to take time. We want to pray for them. We want to hear them. We want to be praying throughout the week for you, for your family, and for what you've got going on personally right now too. So you can text those in, HCPRAY to 33777. So let's go ahead right now. We're going to pray a prayer over all the unspoken requests that come in. And if you all would either just pray with me. If you're texting, that's okay. You can just bow your head and close your eyes and listen to my prayer. Let's go ahead and pray for those right now. God, thank you for Jesus and thank you for the ability to connect with one another via text message, via online. So right now I pray for all the requests that are coming in, that are flooding our phones right now for people who need healing, for people who need peace, for people who are having an internal struggle in their spirit, in their mind. God, for people who are physically unable to come to church right now who want to, God, I pray that you would just swarm them with your favor, with your blessing, with your courage, with your peace, with your goodness. And I pray that through a time like this, that they cling to you and learn to trust you more, God, to dive into your word and God, to help us remember to do that, to start here, to start today fresh, new. God, with your spirit leading us and guiding us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for just being part of our family and for praying for those things. So again, that number to send in any prayer request to us is text HCPRAY to 33777. And if you are in the live chat right now at hcc.live, there's a team ready for you during this next song to pray live. So if you'd like to chat with somebody virtually, if you're on your mobile device or on the Roku app, you can pull out your phone or laptop and pray with them. So let's enter another time of worship. Let's lift our hands and let's sing together. So help us out.
Well, thank you all so, so much again for singing that song with us. We have reached the end of our service and we just wanted to give you a huge shout out for being with me today, watching service, worshiping together. I love it. I love it. I love it. So thank you so, so much. So during this whole time, people like you make all of this possible because you are so generous. We wanted to say thank you for all of your continued generosity here at Hope City Church. If you'd like to give, we have lots of different ways you can do that. You can go on our app and give that way or text to give any amount to 84321, which is pretty simple. You'll set up an account the very first time you do it. And after that, it's a simple text message, or you can give when you visit us here in our physical location too. We are so, so glad that you decided to be a part of church today. So if you prayed the salvation prayer with me, when you committed yourself to Jesus and got saved, a follow-up, just a second step for you would be to text HC saved to 33777. Now you're not signing up to get bombarded with emails about being Christians. So don't worry about that. But we would love to congratulate you and to connect with you and just walk with you along your new journey that you've just started today. So if you prayed that prayer, text HC saved to 33777 and you guys can continue to give, to tune into us and you can join in the Jonah Bible study. That's another number you can text. So if you're hopping in this week in week four and you missed the last ones, you can either check out those sermons on our app or you can start right now with our Bible study that's on the YouVersion Bible app by texting Jonah, J-O-N-A-H to 55444, I believe, 55444. So text that too to jump into the Bible study. And right now we'd love to encourage you to get your kids together and to have church with them as well. Kids resources like sermons, curriculum, and worship songs that are tailored to their age are all on the Hope City Church app. And if you have any questions, you can email us at kids at realhopenow.com. So go ahead, you can get them together. I just wanted to say thank you again for joining us and we will see you next week here at Hope City Church for week five of Jonah. Bye.